I was in prison, and you came to visit me. With these words, Christ challenges each of us to spend time serving those who, because of circumstance or bad choices, can't serve themselves. Welcome to Someone Cares, a faith ministry dedicated to helping us all answer that challenge. For many years, this outreach program has carried healing doses of hope and Christian love behind prison walls and touched the lives of those in desperate need of both. I'm your Someone Cares radio host, Charles Mills. Through the Someone Cares Pen Friend program, people like us can communicate anonymously and directly with people like our guests used to be. Nathan alone did a crime and did his time. Now he's on a very different track, doing his best to be the person he always knew he could be. But like the rest of us, he needs help to do that. And like the rest of us, he's finding that help in the gentle leading of the Holy Spirit. His story may help all of us understand the ins and outs of prison life. Nathan, welcome to Someone Cares. Hey, thank you. Now, what happened to you, Nathan? What brought you to a place where you were in prison looking out? Tell us the story. You know, Charles, I think that sometimes the way that life unfolds is we all make our own decisions, but the dynamics therein kind of influence our decisions, you know? And I think that some of the lack of um, guidance in my life, the lack of discipline, obviously not having a father was a huge variable in my life. And at the end of the day, I made my own decisions, but I had a negative uh, influence from my surroundings. And so I sought guidance in areas that were that were no good. And eventually, you know, it transpired into, into more and more negative things. And while some of my family was Christians, they were more of a... They weren't reaching out in love. They weren't mm. teaching me about grace and love and mercy and what Christ is all about, you know? And so I didn't have that relationship, and so I actually distanced myself from that. I didn't want anything to do with that. And I began to choose an autonomous lifestyle. You know, I just wanted to govern my own self. I didn't want to believe in God. And that was the first mistake, beginning to separate myself from God, not seeking a relationship with the Creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. And eventually things just transpired into uh, worse and worse, and eventually I committed a terrible crime and ended up doing uh, almost seven years in prison. What I hear you saying, Nathan, is that God's character, the one that you needed to hear about, the one that you needed to know about, wasn't revealed to you. You you had a God of, yeah. of, of, of judgment and a God of vengeance and a God of rage, but you were missing yeah. that Christ character. Is that what I hear you yeah. saying? Yes, absolutely. And, and I think so often we as humans tend to see God, and I think this is, was my perspective at the time, was if God even existed at that time, he was this far-off, mysterious mm-hmm. deity, and instead of an intimate, loving father, you know, and that's, that's when I was failing to have that intimate relationship of love and, and something that I could cherish and hold. That makes sense, because you said you didn't have a father. In other words, you didn't have anybody role-modeling God the Father as he really is to you at all. Right, exactly. Okay, all right. Well said. Okay, so you reached out to the wrong places to find the comfort and the support you need, and they're always there, am I right? There's always wrong stuff out there. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing, Charles. I mean, when we turn away and we choose to to live that autonomous lifestyle where we're trying to, to self-govern, it's not really a position of neutrality. It's not where you're saying, 
well, I don't, I don't live for the devil, and I don't live for God. You're, if you say I don't live for God, you're ultimately living for the devil, whether it's you know it's big or small. And so, when I did that, I made the decision to to fall in line, whether I consciously did it in saying, "Hey, I'm going to live for the devil." Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what I was doing, you know. And obviously, when you open that door, I mean, it's just it's it's nothing but chaos there, you know. And the devil is just waiting there. The Bible says that he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. And when I let myself go like that and I made that decision, he was ready. He was he was waiting there to, for me to fulfill the desires of my flesh. Hmm. Well, I have a wonderful lesson that you've taught me already in this interview, and that is that it behooves us Christians to reveal a loving, kind, forgiving God to the people with whom we come in contact. Am I right? Oh, well said, Charles. Yeah, well said. Okay, so here you are, without a good vision of God, without a good perception of God, you do your crime, you end up in the jail, you're in there for seven years. What a strange place for Christ to find you. How did he do that? (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, um, so I was actually uh, at one of the worst prisons in the state of Tennessee. I had become a gang member in prison. Um, I was young. I was just getting deeper and deeper into that criminal lifestyle. Even in prison, going to prison did not change me at all in that sense when I first got there. Sometimes it's a wake-up call, but it was not really a wake-up call for me. And so Uh as I got in there, I joined the gang. I got even deeper into that dark, twisted lifestyle. And, um, you know, there had been time that when I first got incarcerated, a pastor, Jeff Brown, had been coming to see me. And at the time, I really wasn't interested in what he was saying, but he didn't come to, when he would come to speak with me, he did not come to shove anything down my throat. Mm. He would, he, we would talk about football and politics, and he was just a friend to me. Mm. And there was many other people there that would just write me letters. And with time, I don't know exactly what it was, but I know that one day, one day it came to me, and I just, I began to realize there was a situation that happened with the gang that I was in, and I began to realize I was reading the Bible that said, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Mm-hmm. And that principle there hit me. And I said, there's got to be something more to life than just living like this. And I said, God, if you're real, then I want to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And the f- conviction that came on my heart was that if, if, if I'm going to serve you, God, then I've got to leave this gang first and foremost. And so I made the decision to step away from the gang, which in prison, that's not like... It's not like saying, I don't want to be in Pathfinders anymore. It's not, you know, it's a very serious thing. Yes, absolutely. And um, I I actually almost lost my life behind that, but God saved my life. And um, that was the turning point right there is um, God just began to speak to my heart. But the thing about it was, Charles, was that these people who had been ministering to me, whether I realized it or not, they were planting seeds in my heart. Mm. And even those, those seeds what they were doing is they were sitting in my heart and they were dormant there. The Bible talks about one plants, one waters, and God gives the yield. Right. And so these people had been coming along and planting these seeds in my heart, and while my heart was not ready to, and my heart was not fertile yet, eventually it began to God, the Holy Spirit, and His love was just, you know, began to till that soil and was working on me. So that's kind of how that transpired, and eventually I was able to get around some people who were able to begin to break down what the Bible meant, and I began to see the character of God that I I was, I knew had to be out there. You know, it just, someone who created life has to be standing in love. You know, someone Mm -hmm. who creates the existence of life has to be just all about love. And so I just wanted to know that. I wanted to know that intimate relationship with the creator of the universe, and when I finally got that, I began, <laughs> oh, it was so rich. 
Nathan Lalone is our guest today. We're talking about his experience before, during, and after prison. Now, let's move to the after part. You got out, Nathan, and you came out with a very different view of God that you went in with. What have you done with that view of God that changed your life in prison? How is it changing your life out of prison? Man, Charles... As I have realized, as I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I have realized that I am now a custodian of that gospel of Jesus Christ. And so every time I turn around, I'm trying to, in some way, not not shoving down people's throats, but just trying to reach them on some type of parallel where where I can plant a seed as, as, as others did in my heart. Mm-hmm. Because you never know, even when you don't get to see the manifestation of that seed, that's not what it's about. It's just about sharing that love, being Christ-like. You know, and the Bible says that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Yes. And a lot of these people out here are brokenhearted. You know, they're whether they're standing in depression, whatever it may be, they're standing in a, in a lost mentality. And they need that love. And so if I can share, if I can be a prism of light, allowing God to shine His love through me. That's what I'm trying to be. I just try to surrender daily. You hear so many times that dying daily. Yes. And that's just what I try to focus on. And it's a challenge sometimes, you know, it really is. But standing, not doing it myself, trying to allow God to work through me, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's so powerful. Sounds like you're trying to have people have the prison experience without the prison. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. All right, very good. But, you know, I try to reach out to these guys, you know, that I see because, when I see certain calibers of individuals, I've been there and I've done that and I speak their language, you know, and sometimes that's a challenge for some individuals when they haven't been in prison, when they come into prison trying to share the gospel and things of that nature, it can be a challenge to find that parallel because there's not relationship there. You know, it's yes, like yes. these guys that hear these people come in and speak to them, but they're like, you know, I wonder, have you ever experienced what I've experienced, you know? When I know that I've been there and I've walked in their shoes, I can say, hey, man, this is what God is like. This is His love. This is what He can do. I want others to be able to experience that, you know? You know, that is a a theme that I'm picking up when I talk to ex-cons on this show. They wish that someone would have told them about their own personal experiences with overcoming the devil so that they know that they could overcome the devil as well. Am I right saying that? Amen. Yes, absolutely. And a lot of times it's conducive for for others to tell because sometimes the person who is under the deception, who have the scales over their eyes, who is under the deception, living in that fleshly lifestyle, it's hard for them to realize. You know, when someone else is able, who has walked in their shoes, and they can come in and say, hey, you're doing this right here, but man, this is the truth, you know, and sometimes they don't even see it. They don't realize it. They don't acknowledge it. And that's a challenge to overcome. That's an obstacle, just even recognizing it. And then once you recognize it, getting out of it, um, it can be a real challenge. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Nathan. You're driving your car downtown uh, Chattanooga, and you see someone like you were before the prison experience. And you can just recognize in their eyes and in their mannerisms that they're just not loving life all that much. And you have 60 seconds to go up to that person and make an impact on their life. What would you say to that person? Your only chance, 60 seconds, go. (laughs) So I would probably go up and I would introduce myself and I would tell him, uh, man, I see pain. I see your pain. And I said, uh, I would probably just acknowledge that. And I would, I would try to just ask them if they even knew who Christ was first. But I would say, I've been in your shoes. I can see the pain on your face because I saw the same exact pain on my face when I looked in the mirror. Yeah. 
I just want you to know that there's hope outside of this. <laughs> I, can, I can see that it is very emotional for you. So I'm going to have you do something now that all the emotional people, including the one talking to you right now, loves to do. When we get emotional and when life gets a little too much, we talk to Jesus. We talk to that one kind, loving individual in this world that understands us. And would you talk to Jesus just for a moment for those young people out there with that pain in their eyes, with those tears in their eyes, with that anger in their heart? Would you ask the Lord to come into their hearts right now? Do that for us. Lord, most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, me and Charles and all those listening, Lord, we just come right now in the power of agreement to lift these individuals up, Father. Your Word says that we're two or more there together, touching on one thing, that you will do it, Lord. And so right now, Father, we lift up all those across everywhere, Lord, that, that are struggling, that are lost in the powers of deception, Father. And I just pray that you would reach out by your love and that you would reach out and that you would touch them and let them feel the warmth of your embrace, Lord. They may not understand what it is, but it will open their eyes, Father. Send someone into their lives to be the light that will shine, that will reveal to them the truth, Lord, that that they can see where life exists, Father, that they may know where salvation is, Lord, so that they can be withdrawn from the powers and the grasp and the darkness of the devil and that they can be saved and that they can stand in the warmth of your embrace, Father. I just pray, Lord, that you would release them from the bondage that they are in, not by their own worth, Lord, but by your love and by your mercy and by your grace, Father, and by the power that rests in your divine orchestration and your divine strength, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listener, you just heard what happens when seeds planted come to harvest. And listener, this is Charles Mills, along with Nathan Lalone, reminding you that because of you, Someone Cares. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Someone Cares. If you'd like to become part of this vital prison outreach ministry, visit someonecares.org and discover ways you can safely and effectively touch the lives of incarcerated men and women with God's love. Again, that web address is someonecares.org. This program was produced by Life Talk Radio. Music